Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We want to welcome you in to another episode of the One the Only Hog Talk podcast, part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks. And you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz 2 on 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like and rate and review our podcast. And as always, we're coming to you live from the Hyman Services Studios. I'm your host, Porter Hayes, and we're brought to you by Bet Online. and the NBA playoffs are full set. A new year, a new eight-dated desktop mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. And don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online where the game starts. And tonight we're going to have a special edition of the Hog Talk podcast. We are going to bring in National College Softball Editor Justin McLeod. He has been on some Zooms for the women's softball team, and we actually had a pleasure to meet him during the Kentucky series. And we're going to devote this podcast to the women's softball team, their their ranking, where they could go as far as super regionals, regionals, and and maybe hopefully make it to Oklahoma City. So, Justin, thank you for taking some time out. I know you're a busy man. You've been doing this for a long time, so – I really appreciate you coming on. No, man, I appreciate you inviting me. I enjoyed being faithful and meeting you, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so uh, I guess just first of all, tell a little bit about yourself, how long you've been covering. I know you kind of shared with me a little bit how long you've been covering softball. What got you into it, how long you've been doing it, and what got you really peaked into covering Arkansas softball? So uh, this is my 11th season covering college softball. Um, I ran Justin's World of Softball for a decade, and then last November I, um, I became the national college softball editor at Extra Inning Softball. Um, what got me into it, honestly, I, I was, I've always done the journalism thing. I've done the news, newspaper thing. I've done the local journalism thing. And I really wanted to write about one sport to a wider audience. And softball at that point, I mean, that was back 2012, 2013. Softball at that point was not – didn't have a journalistic presence. And I said, well, I think I can bring something. I feel like I can. I want to give it a shot. And, you know, I, I started and it blew up. I mean, it's one of those things where it was, a, it was an untapped market and I found that people were craving the softball coverage and I've not looked back since. And I'm honestly, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you've done a really good job. And, and for us local, me and Paul, we, we really appreciate, you know, the national attention that Arkansas, you know, this is my, third third fourth season really curse the covid year you can't i mean as in full season but this is my fourth year really covering the team and the presence you see year after year gets better and bigger and the more people nationally you know seeing the sec network you know they were there for the kentucky series and then against the florida series so it's really been nice to really see what coach difel has been able to do for this team and for you, you know, you've been able to cover the softball team, but, you know, for a lot of the programs, the past five years has not been good at Arkansas, you know, the football team. So it's like everybody set this foundation. Everybody's been in the same boat when it comes to building a football program, women's basketball, what the soccer program. So now we're getting to see the best of 
all the worlds when it comes to the University of Arkansas and what Coach Dyfel has been able to do with her staff, make it a staff, not about her. What, what's really impressed you the most when it comes to, you know, what Coach Dyfel has done in Arkansas and the time that a lot of people don't realize, the time that she has done this in? Well, to be honest, there's a lot about it that impresses me. Um, you know, when, when Courtney Dyfel got to Arkansas, she'd been a head coach for one year. And it's one of those things where, and I'll be, I'll be frank with it, and she knows this. I've gotten to hear about it at times over the years. I didn't know what to make of that hire because she had a 500 record at Maryland and all that. Now, the thing is, Maryland was a program that had not always been great. But, you know, one year. So she comes into Arkansas, and, okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, you know, the first year wasn't, wasn't great. It was the same continuation of the year before she got there. But then from that moment she got there onward, even with that first year, it's been steady growth the entire way. Sometimes it's growth in this area. Sometimes it's growth overall. Sometimes it's the win-loss record getting better. Sometimes it's the conference record getting better. Sometimes it's player development. Just steady growth every year since then. I mean, you know, you saw Arkansas host a regional in 2018, host a regional super last year. I mean, you look at what they're doing this year. Went to SEC last year. You look at what they're doing this year. And that's probably the thing that, that impresses me the most because anybody can have a good year. Sometimes it's, you know, you get the right transfer. Sometimes you just get the right crop of players at the right time. But that steady growth, that improvement year over year, and you're right. I say year over year, but it's not been a long period of time. To go from the gutter of the SEC, the very bottom, to the pinnacle, the very top, in, you know, what, a half dozen years? Like, that just it doesn't happen very often. So, I mean, that growth is, is truly what's impressed me the most and the way they've done it. Like you haven't really had any major setbacks. You haven't had any, you know, any issues. Honestly, it's just been that steady progress since she got there. And honestly, you just don't see that very often. Yeah, and it, it, and they're at the point where they're you know they're missing just one piece. They're they, you know last year you know their bats you know really mm-hmm. did, but they were relied a lot on the home run ball, the Bogle Bombers, you know, and and the one through nine. Sometimes they would go into a three four inning stretch. Now this offense is just so loaded that it, I mean the other day I was looking at it I think it was the uh, I can't remember which game it was that it was zero zero and all of a sudden it was five nothing it was a uh, game yeah. two I believe uh, against Florida I mean you're sitting there and it's kind of a back and forth pitchers duel and then all of a sudden it's five nothing before you can even blink that's just what this offense yeah. has been able to do for for you know Coach Dyfel and then the staff, but I think a lot of people think that, you know, they see the growth of Arkansas and they see Alabama. Well, I think they've caught Alabama. I think that's a fair mm-hmm. assessment to say they've caught Alabama, but we know what we've covered and watched. You know, they need two to three pitchers other than Shanice to really step up to where they can get. Now, they can get to Oklahoma City. I'm not yeah. saying that they can't, you know, you can win a, a super regional with the right matchup with. You know, Shanice, you know, if, if you come down. Mary's done really good. You know, she's gave up some runs. She's been spotty, but I'm, she's also throwing a perfect game this year. So, right. in, in your opinion, you know, what has been the biggest strength for this team and what has been the biggest weakness for this team? Speaking specifically of this year? Yes, sir. Yes. I, the one thing that actually that has stood out to me, stood out to me before I came to Fable in Fable and since then, um, the, they don't the, – the bats, obviously, are the easy answer. The bats is the easy answer. But one thing about the bats that I like is there's never a moment where you ever feel like the bats can't come through. 
Like you say, you can be in a pitcher's duel, you can be in a scoreless game, you can have, you know, the best hitters, you know, popping up the first pitch of their at-bats. You can sometimes you can be down 5-0 and there's never a single moment where you feel like they're out of it because those bats are so good because the offense is so deep. And I think that's a, that's an impressive thing because, you know, even even really good teams get to a point most of the time where you feel like, okay, you know what, this one, this one's probably over. Maybe it's the fifth inning and you're down 5-0 and they just hadn't been hitting. Maybe it's the seventh inning and, you know, it's 6-7-8 it's coming up. There's just, but even in those situations, I, you can never, I feel like, count out Arkansas because of that offense. And I think that's what's impressed me the most because to have that level of an offense that deep is – I'm not going to say it's unheard of, but it's rare. And I think that's something that has really stood out to me about them this year. And I think when it comes to the roster, you know, and the transfer portal has really helped every sport now. You know, we're at that point to every sport is really utilizing the transfer portal – and with the you know freshman and Hoffman and the transfer portal with with Shanice and Taylor Ellsworth, you know being able to come KB sides. A lot of people have been talking about her speed, but I tell you what, her bat has come alive the past couple of weekends, and and, and it's all come together with the senior leadership of Half and Daniel Gibson and and you know you know Hannah Gamble, you know as a sophomore, really being able to come out of her shell. She wanted to kind of be a vocal leader as a freshman, but you're timid, and of course with the senior leadership of you know, you had Storms and, and Braxton Burnside last year. Now we've been able to see her. I mean, and she's so – such as enthusiastic in practice as she is in the games. And I don't know when you were here in Fayetteville if you got to watch a, a practice, but if you did, you know, kind of elaborate what you've seen kind of behind the scenes, what you've seen out of Arkansas opposed to, you know, what you've seen on the gameplay. Well, you know, you talk about – you talk about the transfers first of all, and I think the trans since the transfer portal came in, it's it's always something seems feels like it goes one of two ways. It's going to go really well. It's going to go really bad when you bring in a crop of transfers. And I think the fact that the transfers that Arkansas has brought in have fit in so seamlessly. Sides at the top of the batting order, center field anchor on the base paths, seamless right in. She's it's like she's been there for five years. Taylor Ellsworth comes in. She's right in the middle of the batting order. She's behind the plate for the pitchers. Fits in seamless. Both of them, the fans have embraced and they've embraced the fans. You get Shanice and the way she's grown just since she's been in Arkansas and how well she's done. And the fact that she's really grown into the ace of an SEC pitching staff. And she came in good. They all came in as quality players. Um, I think it's one of those things, though, that you can be a quality player and maybe when you go to a transfer destination, maybe it takes a minute. Maybe you don't fit in seamlessly, but they all have even Callie Turner coming in. She's been a part of that bullpen that they've utilized at times. And so I think that's, um, I think that's something that has stood out to me. And then, like you say, you know, I look at Danielle Gibson, for instance, and she's on another level this year. She's taken that step up. I mean, that's, that's a player who was an all American. That's a player who's been a cornerstone and yet she still rose to another level this year. You look like you say at Hannah Gamble. She's taken a step up. Um, Gamble's somebody that outside of Gibson, if you had the next crop of players, Gamble's somebody that you have to think about for player of the year for the SEC. Like that's somebody that would be in the conversation if Gibson wasn't top of the list, you know. And, and I think we've um, seen what happens when she's let off that list. Uh, <laughs> and and I, we'll go into that subject because when we go into, you know, what we've seen out of Coach Stifle that – 
I've never seen in the four years. And we'll, we'll touch on that, you know, in the second part of our segment. But, yes, that's, that is part of it, too. And, and another name I left off was, was Lenny Malkin. And yeah. for somebody who had kind of a, a – I wouldn't say preseason, but, you know, non-conference, you know, setback. And to be able to come to that crossroads and to come through that and be like, hey, you, you can go here, you can go there. And for her to come through, she is having a better statistic year this year than she was last year, and timely. I, I can't remember. I, I tweeted out. I, I, I think I wrote it down. No, I didn't write it down. On, I thought I had it on my notepad. But just her her RBIs with runner and score and position and her batting average has been insane. When with They were talking about the two outs. What Arkansas has been able to do with two outs is a huge, huge deal. But I want to get back to the, the transfer portal. And you, you said something that I've preached these kids come in and they're embraced. What do you think that says to other kids who are looking, not necessarily at this time, but when they're looking to transfer, just how these kids are embraced, how they're welcomed right away? Because, one, this is a very unique state. This is a very unique university that the whole state wraps their arms around you, and it doesn't matter if you've been at the rival. You look somebody like Alabama and KB Sides, somebody from Texas, another deep rival when it comes to, you know, Arkansas, and they're embraced immediately. What do you think that does, that says to other transfers, and how do you think that really gives Arkansas an advantage when you're looking at getting the top players coming out of the transfer portal? I mean, I think, first and foremost, I think it's a huge advantage for Arkansas that you you can brag, you know, when you, let's say you bring in player, Jane Doe, you know, player Jane Doe, who's transferring from a big program and is going to go to a big program. The fact that Arkansas has transfers that they can point to and say, hey, look, she came in, she was here for one year, and look at how big of a, of a cult hero she became in the state. Look at how big of an impact she made. Look at how the fans embraced her. Look at how much she enjoyed her experience. Arkansas is not alone in that, but it is very rare that you can brag about that. And it helps when you're recruiting other transfers. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's one of those things some, somebody said, you know, was talking about the fact that Arkansas has those crop of transfers and how impactful they've been. Normally, when you get transfers that go to a place, yes, they're getting them for a reason. They're going to play. They're going to contribute. They're expected to be in the lineup and the pitching staff and all that. But just the way that KB Sides, Taylor Ellsworth, Shanice Dells, even Callie Turner have integrated into the Arkansas experience, if you will. Like I say, everything from you, you, you could say KB Sides has been an Arkansas Razorback for five years. And it doesn't, there's nothing this year to shows different. You know, it just looks like she's been there for five years. Um, and let's not forget, even Danielle Gibson herself was a transfer once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And you, you see what she is now. She's, she's a freaking Razorback hero. She's a legend. And, and I think that really speaks to Arkansas. I think it speaks to the coaching staff. I think it speaks to the team culture. And I think it speaks to the fan base. Like you say, you know, you're embraced by a whole state. Not many people can, can say that. Um, but it is. It's an absolute difference maker. And, and we'll move to, you know, the coach. And, and she does mm-hmm. not like being talked about as herself. I remember when we, she got coach of the year, first thing come out of her mouth was, no, this is staff of the year. So she's not going to like this part of the conversation because it is about her. She's just that. She is the most humble person that I've ever been to. But I want to go back to what we were talking about when she was hired and something you said. But we got to be real. We're in a world where we cover – women's athletics a majority of the time. So we know on the inside how we feel, but yet we know that 
you know, when she was hired, you know, it's a softball coach. At, at that point, you know, it's like, well, let's just get somebody in here who can be a little successful. You know, let, let's get somebody who can start the program, make it respectable. They did not see this coming. And we, we'll go back to that chip thing we talked about. How much of that do you think being a, a coach, a, a female coach in a female sport, that there's not that much attention? When, when your first season, there's probably 50 to 75 people in the stands. And that chip that she still carries to this day, now you get 3,000 people. You know, what does that say when you get the job like that? Well, you know, it's one thing in softball, we don't have a lot of ten, a lot, we don't have a lot of times where a team come, just comes out of the blue. You know, it's, it's these blue bloods that we talk about. You know, there's teams like the Oklahomas, the Floridas, the Alabamas, who you're used to seeing in the World Series every year, the UCLAs, the Washingtons. You don't often have a team that goes the direction Arkansas has gone and now is a national contender coming from the bottom up, literally the bottom up. Um, you know, like you say, when Courtney Dyfel was hired, did Anybody think we'd be talking six years later about Arkansas being an SEC champion and challenging for two in a row? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's one of those things, though, that when I look at it, um, I, I think that just shows what you can do. It, you know, get faith in the right person, find the right person, let them do their thing, and look where it takes you. Because it's taken Arkansas some pretty, pretty dang good places. And I, another question I want to ask you, and you've been to a lot of places, and we'll get after that after the break, but I, I really kind of want to talk to you after the break about, you know, the impact that, you know, having an athletic director, having somebody from the top down in a coaching culture that everybody just kind of supports one another, and I'll get to your take out of that, but, you know, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll come right afterwards, and we will be back with segment two with Justin McLeod of Extra Inning Softball. We'll catch you after the break. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Are you ready to tackle your to-do list without getting your hands dirty? Then it's time to call Heinemann Services in Springdale. Corey and his team specialize in A to Z home repair, in-home transformations, plumbing and dryer vent cleaning. Got a man cave? Heinemann Services can make it better. Got a she shed? They can make it better. Call today, 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Or check them out online, HeinemannServices.com. That's H-I-N-D-M-A-N Services.com. Heinemann Services, honeydews have never been so easy. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we'll welcome you back to another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. And we go once again to the Workman's Travel Center hotline and bring back in Justin McLeod of Extra Inning Softball. And before we went for the break, you know, we're just kind of talking about, you know, 
when you come there, I pointed to your left, and, and Hunter Yurchek was there, and I wanted to let you know, hey, AD's there watching the softball game, and, and you've covered this sport for 11 years, and I'm not saying that Arkansas is the only one that does that, but, I mean, how rare was it for you, and what does that say about this program? When you look over, there's a baseball game going in to begin with, and you look over and you get to see the athletic director, they're watching the softball game. It's a big deal, honestly. And you're right, Arkansas is not the only one by any means. But, you know, I see I see Hunter Juracek when you pointed him out. He's sitting up there in the box watching the game. I can tell he's a busy man. You know, he's got his text messages, return everything else. But he's there. And then, you know, at the end of the game, a couple times during the weekend when I was there against Kentucky, game ends, he's down in the dugout. Team huddle. The team comes out of the huddle in the outfield. He's high-fiving players. He's talking to the coaches. That that kind of thing, you're right. It's not It's not unique to Arkansas but it is rare in softball to have an athletic director that attentive to the softball program, um, sh- showing the support, being there, you know, like I say, high-fiving the players, being down there and seeing them, telling them, you know, hey, we support you, but then being there and actually practicing what he preaches, so to speak. I mean, it, it's it's honestly pretty cool um, to see just because, you know, softball is an incredibly growing sport. It's grown a lot in the 11 years I've been doing this it's still got room to grow and it's going to grow. But seeing stuff like that shows you, you know, 10 to 10, 11 years ago, would you have seen an athletic director at a weekend series? You know, it's not the postseason, It's not a regional. It's not the world series. It's just there to see the games. And I remember you telling me he's there quite a bit. That's a big deal. So, you know, showing that support being there. And I mean, you know, too, I'll say this, like I said earlier, when Courtney Dyfel was hired, she had one year of head coaching experience. But Hunter Juracek, Arkansas, Arkansas brings her in and gives her time to build, gives her time to rebuild, gives her time to get the program where it needs to be on the right track. I'd say it's paid off. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, and I'm not saying that Coach Dyfel wouldn't have had this success without Hunter Juracek or, or anything right. would have happened. It, it's just when you come in as a women's, and I've, we've talked to Coach Neighbors, we've talked to Colby Hale of the soccer team, the gymnastics coach, Jordan Weaver. When you have these coaches who come in and they coach the women's sports and they feel just as important or just as big as the football and the basketball and the baseball coach, it means something to them. And it makes them feel like they matter what they're doing. And, you know, Hunter, your check don't show up for a photo op and a couple innings and then he runs off to the next sport. I think it really struck me, knowing how big of a series the baseball team was playing against LSU and to look over and see him choose to come to the softball game and and what that meant. And we had him on the podcast, and he had said, if there is a home game, I'm going to be there. It is my duty to feel that I want them seeing me present and there because that means I care. He's not doing it just because it's his job or for PR. Like, this guy really cares about every – there's a chain. Arkansas has a text chain, and the first person that texts, you know, Coach Dyfel after the game is the football coach, Sam Pittman. Huge fan. He's there. They don't show up for an inning or two, and then they they leave. They show up. So, I mean, that is a big thing, too, when it's come to this softball program. And when you water it and you water each plant equally, they're going to grow equally. And we have seen that with the basketball, football, soccer, golf, track and field with their numerous national championships, you know, but moving forward, and so we're you know coming off a big series. I didn't call. I didn't see a sweep. I, I I would be cool with winning winning this series because of just how good we seen Florida play against Tennessee. 
coming off a big series against Kentucky, coming into this this series against Florida, I mean, you could probably admit, hey, I seen them winning, but nobody's seen the sweep. And we joked when we were on the press conference about the chip and just how fired up she was about, you know, mm-hmm. Hannah Gamble being left off that top 25 list. And I'll tell you what, that that might have added a little bit of a, a, a sweep to that broom this, this weekend in Florida. Yeah, you know, Gainesville is an incredibly hard place to go into and win, honestly, in any sport. But in softball especially, just because, you know, Florida's been so good so long. The fans that are there, they've got, you know, the fans show up and they, they're loud. Um and, t- and Tim Walton's team's always scrappy. It's one of those, you go to the bottom of the seventh, you don't, you can't feel safe. Um, for Arkansas to go in, I, I honestly, yeah, I don't mind admitting it. I didn't see a sweep coming either. Um, it, it's hard when they've never done it. You can't, you know what I'm exactly. saying? You can't say that, oh, they're just going to go yeah. sweep because they've never done it in Gainesville. And they hadn't done it since 2000. So, yes, I, right. you know, nobody can say, we can sunshine pump the fans all we want, but we know that. Go ahead. Right. No. And I mean, I felt confident a series win was, was possible. I actually, I picked them to win the series, Arkansas. Um, I, it just, it, a sweep is so hard to do. And especially when you're on the road and like you say, you're coming off that series against Kentucky, just a lot of things going. Um, but you know what? I think you actually have a good point about the the fuel of Hannah Gamble kind of getting slighted with the player of the year finalist list. You know, the thing about Arkansas that I've seen over the years is I think part of it is because it has been that steady growth. Arkansas is not a blue blood, quote unquote, softball program. Um, but also Arkansas is not, um, it, it's not Oklahoma. It's not Florida. You know, this is, this is the new thing in the last few years, really, of this level of play for Arkansas softball. You know, Arkansas doesn't get all the, all the respect. Like you say, they've got that chip on their shoulder. Like you talked about, we've mentioned in press conferences and all that. And I think, you know, Hannah Gamble's left off the player of the year finalist list. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, I've written an article about that already, as a matter of fact, and I'm a national reporter and I'm like, Hannah Gamble is the biggest snub off this list. Um, I could, I could absolutely see that fueling the fire because I think that's just another thing in a line of some things where, you know, Arkansas is good as they are. It's a great team right now. They don't, they don't get the respect that they feel like they deserve and that they do deserve. And I could absolutely see that flying in and being part of it and kind of help fueling that, like we say, hard to accomplish sweep. And, and, you know, I wanted to ask this during the press conference, but I didn't want to throw, as we said, fuel, I didn't want to throw any more gas on the fire. You know, Um, it was really amazing to me. I mean, you're talking about a defining moment when you really gain the utmost respect for a coach and seeing her, you know, I've never seen her raise her voice. I've never seen her get mad. She keeps that behind closed doors or whatever. That's that's her business with her team. I've never seen her get upset. But when you went into the press conference that day, and I didn't even realize that she had been snubbed, but you just seen the tension. It was a positive tension. It wasn't a negative where everything felt awkward. It made you get fired up. It made you want to run through a brick wall. And being covering the sport for the, the college, it's hard to – not be a fan, and I'm sure for you, even being a national writer, it's hard not to get caught up in being a fan of the Arkansas Razorbacks just because the team they are. So to see her get fired up and really, I mean, that really made me respect her even more than I already do because she is cool, calm, collective she is, but she's still mama bear. And what I wanted to ask you was and ask during the press conferences, just how much of that do you think and you do a great job, and there's the ESPN people do a great job on the TV of covering the sport, SEC Network, but how much of do you think is the lack of just the writers and the coverage that 
let's just throw OU in there. Let's just throw Florida yeah. State. It, it, it's a blue blood name. And they're yeah. going to end up in Oklahoma City anyway. And, oh, you might win a match. So how much do you think that takes an effect of just throwing names at a dartboard instead of really paying attention because there's just not that much coverage that goes into the softball game? Oh, it's there. It's absolutely there. Um, like I said, I've been doing this job 11 years. And the one thing you see over the years, um, the fact that somebody's a blue blood or plays for a blue blood or, you know, is uh, play you know, is on the roster for a blue blood, honestly, sometimes times makes a bigger difference than statistics, than numbers, than performances in, in some respects. Um, you know, one thing I've always said anytime I, you know, cause we name all Americans every year. And when I'm looking at the criteria and assembling the stat sheets, and then we end up picking the all Americans. Um, it, it's one of those things. I don't care if you're playing for Florida or if you're playing for Maryland, Eastern shore, I don't care if you're playing for Cal state Fullerton or UCLA. My thing's always been, whoever's best is the best. That's not the necessarily widespread approach. And I think it's absolutely there. Like you say, you've got the blue blood programs, the ones you used to see in the world series, the ones that are traditional powers and have been for a decade, two decades longer. And it absolutely plays in. I mean, I think sometimes it's more subconscious than conscious, but it's absolutely there. And I think Arkansas is at the point now of starting to try to break that shell a little bit and kind of get into that. But with that, you have to have that that long term. People have to see you that way, and I think they're starting to turn the tide on that perception. You know, like I say, you know, you go from bottom of the league now you're at the top of the league. You share the SEC title last year. If things keep going the way they're going now, you have the SEC title this year. Um, I, I think it's I think it's that that stigma's there, but I think the tide is slowly changing. The better Arkansas is, yeah, and, and of course that comes with winning. But in it, and also like Gibson is. I mean, by far, you know, top 25. She's going to be get her legitimate, you know, yeah. All-American nod. Deserving. Then you had the one that got snubbed from the top 25, Hannah Gamble. And she could apparently move her way because of they could get, realize, hey, look, we kind of messed up on this. Let's go second team or third team All-American. But then I want to move to Shanice. She's submitted to me. In, in watching the team and what she's meant, this is not an opinion. This is fact of what she's meant to this team how she's kind of really stepped up, how she perfected a drop ball in 10 to 15 pitches. I know – I want people to really – if they really listen to this podcast and, and the, the ESPN writers, SEC Network, they said one day, I will give you that. But I was there that day, and it was 10 to 15 pitches. And Coach Eiffel and her assistant were sitting there looking if, – if you could have seen the looks they were giving each other because – she never threw it in high school. She never threw it in college at Tulsa. She comes in and 15 pitches later, they're like, you have this down. So now her later emergence, how much does that kind of, and I know you're not looking at accolades, and it, but it kind of means something, you know, the player wants to be an All-American, but how much do you think, is it too late, her emergence too late to get an All-American nod? I don't think it's too late at all. Um, you know, if, at the beginning of the year, if you told me Shanice Dells was, was going to be the front runner for SEC Pitcher of the Year, I probably would have looked at you a little like you were crazy just because, you know, she's coming from Tulsa, she's transferred, Mary Half's the leader of the staff, all these other reasons, plus the other pitchers in the conference, obviously. Um, Dels's development, like you say, with that drop ball, and then just in her stamina and the way she's able to gut out games – um, you know, I, when we did the press conference in person, standing there after the a couple of the Kentucky games, and uh, 
um, Courtney Dyfels telling us that Shanice Dells had been throwing up for mm-hmm. a day and a half yep. you know, East, the day before Easter, Easter morning. And then <laughs> she's sitting there and goes out and pitches a five inning shutout against the top 15 team, like literally gutting it out. No pun intended. Um, well, okay. maybe. And, and we didn't even realize that, that, that she was mm-hmm. sick beforehand. We were no. like, how was she going to be? Well, and did she corrected us and say, well, she was throwing up during the game on Sunday. So, I mean, it was right. just like, then it hits you. Exactly. Holy crap. This is like the Jordan flu situation. I mean, yeah, it's like, honestly. and, and you I mean, wouldn't even just, see it. Her performance was good. And then you find that out and it's like, her performance is insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the development that she's done, like the reason Arkansas got her for a reason. She was a talented pitcher on the market in the portal and Arkansas picked her up for a reason. But the development that she's done and how much she's grown in how many months since then to the point where now, honestly, as we sit here, she's the front runner for SEC Pitcher of the Year. She is leading an SEC pitching staff. She's leading what could be the SEC championship pitching staff. Just that growth and development. And no, I don't think it's I don't think it's too late at all. Honestly, I don't think it's too late for her to win Pitcher of the Year. I think she came across at the perfect time for that. Um, I think she really hit her stride, you know, third, fourth week of conference, and she has been lights out since that moment. And I think she could sneak onto the All-American teams. I really do. And, and I think this is where, you know, and I didn't realize this until my second year covering the team that, you know, SEC Player of the Year was strictly on SEC play. And I mm-hmm. think this is where it's going to benefit someone like her because she really came on the scene. And you can't – I mean, this here's the – and like I said, this is – um, Arkansas podcast, and I've covered the team very close to the team, but I really try to balance it and not come off homerish. And and I when I say stats, but when when you lead a sweep of Florida, you lead the S. You know you're beating. You know they're twelve. They've got twelve wins over top twenty five opponents. You know the stats are there, and you go into a place that you've never won at, much less swept since you know ever. And the first time you've beat this team since 2000. And you know what? This was not a down Florida team. This was not a, a, a two and four struggling Florida team. The, the coach is on his way out. And this is, you're, you're picking on, you're kicking a dog when it's down. This was the team that was ranked right below you. And you swept them in their place. I think if it, barring a meltdown, knock on wood, Shanice, don't let me down. Barring a meltdown, I think if you give it to somebody else, it'd be worse than Hannah Gamble being left off the top 25 list, That, in my opinion. At this point, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look at some of the other pitchers in conference who, who would probably be the what you consider the top contenders for the award, quote-unquote, um, and I just look at them, and I, and I look at Shanice Dells and what she's done and who she's beaten and how she's done it. I think she's the pitcher of the year. And like you say, barring a meltdown, I mean, absolutely, which I don't foresee happening either. Yeah. Um, I think I think she is, and I think it will be it will have been a well earned award. I really do. I mean, I think she's gutted it out again, only slightly pun intended. Um, I think she's earned it. And we'll we'll wrap it up with this. You know, just moving forward, we know they got Texas A and M, South Carolina. They got a, a midweek game against UCA, which is no slouch. They've played them right. tough every time they've played. I mean, and yep. and for them to play an in state school and for them to go there the first two times, that means a lot to the Arkansans. That means a lot to you're not going down here and making them come to you snubbing your nose at the little school. You're going to their place twice back to back, and then they're coming to Bogle. So that right there shows a lot to the character of coach Stifel, the program that Arkansas is because in women's basketball, they're going to Jonesboro. They're playing, they're playing little rock in little rock, you know? So what is the, going to be the biggest key 
if if Arkansas makes it to, of, of course we're going to say matchup, but outside of the right. matchup, who you get in the Super, what's going to be the biggest key of Arkansas getting to Oklahoma City, and what is your prediction? We'll put you on the hot seat to, to wrap this thing up. Do you see Arkansas getting to Oklahoma City? Um, I'll answer the question, and then I'll give you the key. Um, question, I, I think, it. yeah, I, if, if I was picking the World Series field now, I'd put them in it. Um, just based on what I've seen from them, what I see of the field nationally, obviously you say matchup. You never know what's going to happen matchup-wise. But if I'm picking the eight teams to go to Oklahoma City right now, yeah, I'm picking Arkansas to go. Um, what's the key for them? I, I think Mary Half. I think Mary Half's the key because I think the offense has shown that they can hit against anybody. Sometimes you may get three runs. Sometimes you may get 12. Um, but the offense can hit anybody in any situation. Shanice Dells has – proven she's a number one starter. We know what Mary Half is made of. If Mary Half can be an effective part of an effective one-two punch with Shanice Dells, limit the opposing offenses, you know, like she did against Florida in game two. I mean, that's four runs. There's no reason Arkansas's offense can't beat four runs, and they did it. Five to four, sure. Five still more than four. If Mary Half can be that kind of a pitcher, gives up a couple runs, sure, but effective, limits the damage, keeps her team in the game, I think that's that's the key that gets that gets Arkansas to Oklahoma City and however far they're going to go in Oklahoma City. I think that's the number one on the list for me. Well, man, I, I hope you're right, and I will tell you this right now. If they make it, it starts June 2nd, and I'm calling it right now. If they're there, I'm going to be there, and we're going to celebrate and because it's going to be an awesome deal. But I really want to thank you for your time. For, for coming on the podcast and giving us a special look inside this, you know, from a, from a national aspect, but yet it's not just some national pundit who's seen film. You've been there, you've seen the team, you've been inside. So I really appreciate you, you coming on, but to end it up, tell our, our audience where they can find you, where your socials and your website and, and what we can look forward to in the future with uh, extra inning softball. So, um, extrainingsoftball.com is the website. Um, SB on Twitter. I'm at just facts, ma'am, on Twitter. It's the handle I've had for 11 years. I'm not getting rid of it now. Um, we're actually having a lot of fun. So, you're getting up to the busiest time of the year. All kinds of postseason coverage. We got bracketology and bubble watch, all kinds of stuff. Um, some fun features, as a matter of fact, coming too. Um, it's the busiest time of year. And, and then once, once the World Series gets here, we'll have ins and outs of that. And then off-season, coaching, transfers, all kinds of stuff. So stays busy. And it's getting to be the busiest time of year. But extrainingsoftball.com is a website. And then Twitter, Facebook, Instagram sometimes. Well, again, thank you for coming on. And I'll tell you what, for Justin, myself, Porter Hayes, this has been another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We are presented to you by Bet Online, and always coming to you live from the Hyman Services Studio. Woo pig. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.